Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Always Be Booked podcast. Today we are going to discuss a few things going on with Carnival Cruise Line. They are going to part with some more ships and they released more cancellations. We're going to talk about a cruise line that is resuming sailing to the Caribbean in just a few weeks. We're also going to talk a little bit about some world cruises that are on the horizon. We all know that, you know, we got those no cruise blues going on. We miss cruising. Well, we got a few ways you can make up for that uh, lost time at sea, for lack of better terms. All right, let's start the show. Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo There's a place Where the boat leaves from It takes away all aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast Show, coming to you not quite live from the K Compound down in Boca Raton, Florida. All right, things are moving pretty quickly. You guys all know. Uh, if you know, I know I've been going back and forth on it. It's been kind of. Um, a scenario we're waiting for certain things to, uh, for certain T's to cross and some I's to dot. It is officially official. We are moving up. The operation is going back up to New York, just outside the city in Long Island, New York. Uh, pretty pumped about that. But uh, yeah, to, just to have that kind of decision made and in the rear view. But we got a bunch of stuff to talk about in cruising today. Uh, it's nuts. So Carnival is... They continue to be, uh, you know, whether they're parting with more ships, whether they're canceling sailings, uh, the stock is up, the stock is down. They are the most, you know, from the corporation standpoint, the largest cruise corporation in the world. I do think they lost the title of, you know, if you're talking about under that umbrella, Carnival Cruise Line specifically, under the Carnival Corporation uh, umbrella, Carnival Cruise Line has probably lost the title. And there is going to be more. They're going to be a total as of right now. Now, remember when we initially uh, heard about Carnival's plans to part with 13 ships? Everybody was kind of up in arms and everybody was like, wow, this is kind of crazy. You know what? Then you realize when you spread that across all of its brands, you know, you have Holland America, you have Princess, you have Cunard. And when you look at it like that, take a step back, you realize 13 cruise ships over as many brands as they have is not that big a deal well ladies and gentlemen it's up to 18 uh so we're up to 18 ships that carnival plans on parting with now they are downplaying this as you know as we would look at it as like a fire sale they say it's not and you know what if you do listen to what they're saying it does make a lot of sense if you have let's just say 50 of anything 
And chances are, I could use it in my business, the nightclub and bar business. At a given time, my company, you know, having 30 places, would sometimes have places the top five or 10 were performing very, very well. And then the middle ones are kind of trudging along doing well. And we may have actually been taking a loss on five or six places. But, you know, for the overall portfolio, it made sense to keep them on. Now, if we entered into a sort of a crisis situation or a crisis mode, which the cruise lines clearly are in right now it might make sense to part with those ones that are you know not not making money you know what i mean the ones trimming a little fat now i don't think it's the same thing for the cruise lines because i do believe that even those let's call them less efficient ships were making money for the company but if you factor in how much money they were making as far as, you know, what it costs to maintain them, what it costs to, uh, you know, keep them in a warm layup, keep them maintained right now through this mess. And you know what? There is, like we said, you know, we're not cruising right now. When we re- when we do resume cruising, it's going to be a slow, gradual resumption. So those cruises, those cruise ships, we're going to be left out of the fray anyway for a while. So when you're talking about 18 cruise ships along across all of their lines, it's not that big of a deal. So, but it does make sense. I do understand why everybody is kind of up in arms. Um, they are trying to get more funding though. So. That's just a, you know, it does seem like a carnival. I think we would all agree. If there was one cruise line that was, quote unquote, too big to fail, we'd probably consider it to be Carnival Cruise Line. Do I know a Royal Caribbean? Maybe a close second behind. You know, when you talk about the cruise lines, Royal Caribbean Cruise Line is probably a larger entity than Carnival Cruise Line right now. But when you look at their parent corporations, it's kind of not even close, right? Carnival is blowing everybody away. So we'll see. That's why I say Carnival Corporation, you would consider uh, to be too big to fail. If Carnival goes down, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be like, all right, so nobody's safe. But having said that, they are still parting with these ships. And you could also argue that that's why Carnival is who they are. You know what? They see the horizon. They, it makes sense to them that, all right, the, we're about to hit some hard times here. We're about to hit some, uh, uh, let's say, lean, lean periods of time. And what we're going to have to do is make moves. And we're going to have to make moves that are specific to not only uh, giving us the best chance to survive, which I think most people, if you ask, the carnival's survival is a foregone conclusion. But they don't want to just survive. They want to streamline their operation. They want to be efficient so that when they do resume, a full resumption occurs, they're going to be able to say, listen, yeah, we're as strong as ever. We may have uh, parted with some dollars. See, the scariest part to me, and for someone who, you know, you guys know, doesn't know shit, I get the whole getting rid of some of the ships. I've been saying it for years. What are we doing with these fantasy class ships? Uh, you know, they just simply not the biggest and best in cruising, you know, in general. And Carnival being the overall big dog of cruise lines. Why would you want to associate yourselves with these ships that are? Now, I did. A, from a standpoint of people explaining to me that it's about profitability and these cruise ships were, were let's call them, uh, economically efficient. But, you know, they weren't necessarily, um, when you compare it now, and you compare the fact that they have, you know, the Celebration coming out, the Mardi Gras coming out, you're talking about cruise ships that can house, you know, at least two, three times the inventory of 
many of these fantasy class ships. But then, you know, I was also lucky enough to experience one of the fantasy class ships, and it's almost like they realize that these ships are a little bit, you know, they're lacking in terms of bells and whistles and modern amenities. So the cruise line clearly knows that they have to make up for that. And what they do is speak right into my wheelhouse, and they go hardcore on the entertainment. So they make those ships some of the more fun ships. I could tell you right now, my cruise, and this is crazy, I'll take a step back, and, uh, you know, none of you, would expect me to say this two years ago, but I am saying it right now. I've been on the Carnival Horizon on an eight-day Southern Caribbean cruise with 19 friends. Uh, That's exaggerated. Probably about 14 or 15 friends. And I've also been on the Carnival Paradise for a five-day sailing to Cozumel. Just me. I can unequivocally say that my solo cruise on the Carnival Paradise was a lot more fun than that eight-day Southern Caribbean cruise on the horizon. And it's very simple. You know, I think that's what happens. That's what they get into, the situation where Carnival Horizon at the time was the newest ship that was out there by far. And, you know, it's almost like they uh, when they have that many features on board, sometimes they can maybe hit that autopilot button. You know what I mean? Uh, Mike Pack does a great job as a cruise director, and he was no different on the Horizon Cruise. But beyond that, you know, the vibe was spread across the ship, whereas the the, the Paradise, you know, with, uh, I could tell you, you know, it, it was just over the top. The energy was there from the entire fun staff. Uh, Leon, the cruise director, was, like I said, a, a, a force of energy unlike anything I had seen at sea. And it was just wall-to-wall fun. They made sure. They like basically they say, listen, these rust buckets aren't going to carry us on their own. We have to do something to make sure that this is an amazing experience. But, yeah. Anyway, but the biggest thing that scares me with Carnival is their continued search to borrow money which that's not that big of a deal with me like all right you know what you're trying to borrow money you want to maintain liquidity yeah you get beat on the back end with the interest but you know what it's just a necessary evil during these times but parting with the equity scares me a lot like they're basically stepping back and and letting people buy into their company. You know what I mean? The government of Saudi Arabia, the uh, investment arm of the government of Saudi Arabia, I think they own what? 12, 18, 12, somewhere between 12 and 18% of the entire corporation right now. And it looks like they're looking to dump more stock out there right now. So I guess, you know, if that's the only scary part to me. That That's the scariest part, I should say, is that, you know, if you know you're going through hard times and you know that you know your company is solid you're just going to wait it out you're going to weather the storm you know what i'm saying but let's face it carnival corporation right now the stock the stock in carnival corporation right now is probably on a very 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 low side so if you had the confidence knowing you were going to bounce back you wouldn't want to part with those with those shares while they're so low you would fight through it and just basically wait because that those shares, those the stock right now, which is trading at about sixteen dollars, and I actually haven't checked today. Um, let's take a look. Carnival stock, sixteen forty eight. So that actually went up a little bit. So the stock and market, you know, w- despite the fact that this was announced in the last few hours or so, as far as shutting down the um, 
shutting down the uh, more sailings, uh, which we didn't even talk about yet. But uh, it it does look like that. It does look like that the market recognizes that they're getting more efficient. But we're talking about 1648 for a company that let's look at it right now for a one year high uh, was as high as right. It was just under 60 bucks. You know, like between 50 and 60 dollars was at the was was the one year high. So. If you're confident in the brand and you're confident in the industry, you're probably going to not want to part with stock at $16.48 when you know it's probably going to be. If all goes according to plan, it will go back to, you know, higher than 40, 50 bucks at least. You know what I mean? So that's the thing that makes me nervous and just they're, they're parting with their equity at these prices. But who knows? But what I wanted to do was go over so some carnival ships and I'm going to be uh, checking out articles and kind of going across the board with um, on the fly information because I'll be honest with you guys this show today is a show that uh, I hope you give me a little slack for uh, I do have this move coming up and I have to be out of here in uh, an hour and a half or so and I got to be getting ready to buy a car I was on the car lots all day yesterday, some of the day before. I got to get back at it today. I want to try to secure a vehicle today. Uh, it's just going to be one more thing that's in my review. So it's crazy. The travel agent stuff is going crazy right now. It's amazing because we have this group cruise. Let's just call it the cruise that's formerly known as Pirates and Pier Runners 2. The always be booked group cruise was supposed to be in early November. Issue was is that, you know, we got about, you know, let's say what, 12, 15 people on the cruise and there's all different varying degrees of uh, what they paid for a deposit. There's varying degrees of what rate codes they purchased the cruise under and there's varying degrees of certainty as to whether or not this cruise was going to sail. Now, that was as of yesterday and the days before um, I had extended the final payment twice so this original final payment was supposed to be in early August. I got on two separate occasions. I got extend. I got it extended for the guests, hoping that if there was going to be a cancellation, it would come prior to that. Well, no such luck. And to further the no such luck, the cruise was canceled today, and I just got done basically foregoing people's deposit. Now, what the cruise line did tell me was, if we do cancel this cruise soon. Call us back, and we will see what we could do. They did not say a guarantee. They did not give me terms or conditions as to what would elevate the chances of this happening. But they told me to call back and see if the cruise is canceled. Can I give? Uh, can I retroactively give them back their deposits? So now, after going through each individual booking, finding out what their options are, calling back the guest, uh, 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 giving those options. And then calling back the cruise line to finalize what options were selected in every case. Now, I have to get back on with everybody who decided to cancel and forego their deposit. I have to try to go back and individually get each of their money back. While I'm in the middle of trying to uh, purchase a car and move my entire life a thousand miles north in the next four or five days so yeah things are happening for me and that's why for that reason we are uh kind of doing a, again an off-the-cuff show but like i said this show this particular show is going to be 
Um, you know, I am going to. There will be future shows where there's a lot more planning, a lot more segmented stuff. There's going to be a lot more guest work. There's going to be a lot more opportunities for me to, I guess, give you a more structured show. But on this one, we're, ch- we're chatting. We're chilling. We're going through a few things here, and we're going we're gonna to have a great show. So talked about that for the travel agency uh update you on the move so yeah as i said before we did uh there's been back and forth discussions while i was tentative tentatively scheduled to take this new opportunity in new york at a a restaurant that's newly opening in uh who knows when uh there were some i guess what would you call them fine print details that weren't worked out and as we kind of got closer to the date those finer those unresolved fine print details continued to be unresolved and uh the more i pushed to try to resolve them the i guess the availability of the powers that be to to come to the table and finalize them i think what was happening was that they were hoping to keep them kind of like uh gray areas of uh, non-commitment until I moved, and then we would work them out. Whereas I, you know, for better or for worse, you know, some people consider me a good old pain in the ass, but I was pushing to get all of those resolved. And I know you would understand that, you know, of course you're moving, you want to make sure everything's resolved. But like I said, the, the nature of this business and the nature of the people that I work with, you know, there are some necessary evils. I was very encouraged by a, a conversation that I did have with, I guess, the main uh, partner, yesterday and uh felt very very good about that situation so things are all good and i am excited about the move got the apartment all settled settled squared away so that's a big thing i do have to activate the utilities and everything and i have to give a good uh a several day lead time for that so i'm gonna have to probably squeeze that in today too as well aside from you know hopping around to every single used car dealership in south florida but I'm pumped that it's going to be a nice journey back up and it is going to be nice to get back in the saddle, to get back in that, uh, you know, that director's chair and uh, do what I've been doing for so long, which I got to make sure I still know how to do. Because, again, that is a muscle that has been, um, let's call it, hasn't been used. You know what I mean? We do have time. Time is on our side. From what they say, they're not necessarily in a huge rush to open. So, but my start date is on September 28th, and uh, I couldn't be more pumped for that. And I'm ready to go, and you guys are going to benefit from that because, you know, in the intro, I like to talk about giving some little side stories, some non-cruise-related things. And, you know, listen, this is the restaurant business. There's been countless reality shows made out of that. Think Below Deck. Think The Restaurant. Think whatever else. Uh, Vanderpump Rules. Just the wackiness that ensues with the personalities that are a part of a restaurant. And yes, the stories will be a plenty. And uh, on the Patreon, like I said, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I do have a Patreon. What's Patreon? Hey, listen, I'm glad you asked. Uh, if you go to P, it's, a, it's another show. It's a show every day, pretty much. And what that is, is maybe a 20 minute to 40 minute show. And I will talk cruising. I will talk not cruising. It's just kind of you catching up. If you really, really appreciate the show and you really, really support the show, it's a way to get more content. Daily, almost daily content, might I say. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. For if you want to support this show because you enjoy it, or if you want to, uh, you know, get more content for yourself because you really value it, it's $5 a month. That's it. I mean, that's... I mean, uh, that's way less than a dollar a show. 
So, uh, again, patreon.com slash always be booked if you would like to join the ranks of the super cones. Uh, so that's it on the move. Uh, basically, too, also I want to remind you guys that I was on the Cruise Dudes podcast this week. So anything that's lacking in this particular show, I feel good in the fact that we sat down with the Cruise Dudes for close to an hour and I was on their show. And, you know, the Cruise Dudes, let's talk about them for a second. They've been around. They're OGs of the game. They've been in, they've been in the mix for, um, you know, what would you say? I know at least over a year or two before I started. And, uh, you know, they're wacky dudes. You know what I mean? They're the Cruise Dudes. The, the name is perfect. They're not necessarily as, as, as um, what would you say, obsessed with facts and uh hardcore cruise news and you know they do dabble in the news here and there but you listen to the cruise dudes because it is totally more of um you know you you meet all types of personalities at sea you meet all types of people when you're traveling and the cruise dudes are two fellas that will come up on you and you know what they're they're not you're not gonna forget them soon they have big personalities they're a goofy couple of guys and you know they've been bringing you good cruise content for a couple years now and it's a lot of fun you know what i mean they'll tell you they're not trying to you know they're not cruise scientists they don't know the back and the front of everything they're casual when it comes to following the day-to-day when it comes to the news but as far as just grabbing a topic and running with it they have a lot of fun so they were cool enough to have me on the show and i was uh intent on throwing them off their game a little bit and kind of throwing a couple of wacky, uh, you know, I guess one-liners or, you know, sound bites in there. And I think we did have some fun. So if you do consider this show to be a little bit, uh, whether it's short or whether it's lacking in that real juicy material that we always bring, I think you will enjoy the Cruise Dudes interview with me and definitely check that out. Cruise Dudes, uh, ch- search for the Cruise Dudes any way you like to listen to your podcasts. So where's, when's the move? The move is going to be, it could be, anytime between Sunday and Wednesday. Okay, depending upon how far along we get with things. Uh, I got my car, my truck being picked up on Friday. That's the only reason the sense of urgency is there for the vehicle. And why I got to go out there today and walk around the hot freaking Florida sun looking for a car. I mean, I see these dealers. It's funny. They don't even want any part of it. They just, I swear, one I, one guy just gave me keys. He just literally gave me keys. You like that one? All right, let me get you the keys. Throws me the keys, puts a, pl- a magnetic plate on the back of it, and that was it. No license. Meeting me 30 seconds prior, he just threw me the keys. Go ahead. Take it for a run. <laughs> That's what I did. So, but I I do want to, and this is a low priority scenario. I do want to do a stop in Orlando on the way up. I want to do like maybe a two night stay in Orlando, uh, just just to see what it's like. There's so many things that have been added in Orlando, and again, we talk cruising, we talk travel. I, I think you talk about cruising. Cruising has some cousins when it comes to what types of travel you like to go on. Cruising, a, a, cru- a cousin of cruising is RV travel, as we talked with Traveling Robert a couple of weeks ago, had a cool conversation with him. Another cousin of cruising as a travel form is uh, all-inclusives, right? The all-inclusive industry. And I think another cousin of the uh, cruising industry is 
Disney slash Orlando slash theme parks. So I think that is an area people love to go to Orlando. There's people you think I'm crazy with cruising. You know, I know you know, and I know some of you are those wacky Disney people out there. And I'm worried about you people. <laughs> I'm not really. I'm just giving you a hard time. You know what I mean? I love, you know, if you're into Disney and, you you know, as adults, there's nothing wrong with that. There is a true, what would you say? Me personally, I'm never going to be into the whole hardcore Disney culture for a few reasons. A, I'm not super into rides. You know what I mean? Going to Disney World, one of the big attractions is, you know, all the rides that they put in. I'll do some rides if I'm there. I'll do the when in Rome type of thing. But I'm not overly obsessed with, uh, you know, ride culture. And then characters, you know what I mean? Fantasy, all that stuff just doesn't do it for me. Fantasy, like, you know, the mouse and the Magic Kingdom. The one exception that I do have for fantasy type crap, I have one exception. Star Wars will always have my heart when it comes to that stuff. Yes, it's half nostalgic because I was a kid when it was coming out. But I also do get into the narratives and I do get into the whole Jedi thing. And, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore geek with it, but I do like to watch the new movies when they come out. Uh, I do like that. But, you know, cartoons and fantasy and uh, rides, you know, for Disney, just it doesn't there's not it doesn't come full circle and it's a perfect storm of things i'm not necessarily as interested in but i am so respectful of it and so intrigued by it and all the money that goes into it and the art that is created like like i said i have mixed feelings when i walk into universal studios harry potter world because i'm overly impressed i'm like holy crap this is amazing from the you know what do you call it the beer butter whatever you know from the you know, the ceremonies and everything that goes along with uh, just dis- all, all things uh, Harry Potter. It really does. Harry Potter world looks like a recreated, what would you say, neighborhood from the sight, the sound. They treat your entire senses to they immerse you into that thing. And I'm I'm caught up for a second. You know what I mean? I'm caught up in the whole moment. Until I do turn around and see the 56-year-old man in a full Harry Potter gear that doesn't work for the for the park, that's running around with his wand and trying to discover. I don't know. That, that, that stuff rattles me when I see that a little bit. What do you want me to do? Lie to you. We don't lie to each other. But a stop in Orlando. My sector of Orlando during my couple of years that I lived there was the iDrive area, which was the Icon Park. Back then it was called the Coca-Cola I, whatever the hell. I can't, they changed these names. It's like a stadium. But you also have the Point Orlando over there. But they added some new things to it. So in the last couple of years, they added a uh, Top Golf. They added a Mario Andretti uh, full-on virtual reta- reality entertainment center and restaurant and bar. They added some new attractions. Like So the Orlando I was... The I guess the anchor where a bunch of bars and restaurants were built around in this beautiful facility. I really, I got to tell you, I it was not lost on me every day walking through that courtyard or whatever. It was just so pleasant. I have to say, living in Orlando while I was completely isolated from anyone I cared about, uh, you know, I did end up getting very, very close with Dan and Bria. Shout out to Dan and Bria, Frankie, some people out there. You know, I ended up uh, staying tight with. But overall, yeah, I didn't really have uh, much of a foundation. It was just, you know, very nice interactions and met some really nice people that I still occasionally catch up with. But overall, yeah. But, you know, it was just so pleasurable driving from this beautiful apartment complex that would, what I cost, like 1050 
all the amenities, free Starbucks every day, pool, gym, everything for like ten fifty a month. It was out of control. Balcony into I had a balcony in my apartment into a courtyard, uh, wash your dry everything for ten fifty. You you miss that. You miss those days for sure. Uh, but then, you know, you leave this beautiful apartment complex, you get in my truck that, you know, was actually fairly uh, operating at a pleasurable level back then. And then you drive down I drive instead of seeing banks and homeless people and, uh, you know, just corp- corporate America and run down things. You just saw little offsite off offshoot amusement parks, little mini golf courses that were elaborate, uh, you'd see uh, little carnival type scenarios, you know, fun uh, fun depot, you know, you'd see these little things, and that was just the drive, you would just see nice, pleasurable, you would see people enjoying themselves, and then you'd park the car for free, might I add, might I add, free parking in a giant, beautiful garage that was right in this courtyard that had the sugar factory, that had tin roof, that had cowgirls, that had a beautiful lawn of, it was just nice. Everything was nice, you know? So I want to go back and check out that area in Orlando. They added another, I don't know what you might want to say, a district. They added a ride and attraction that is one of those, I don't know, what do you call those spinny things that spin you around, but this thing is different. Ever get on one of those things, you sit in the seat, and you're attached to a cable. And then the thing lifts up a little bit. And then this thing starts swinging you around. So like centrifugally, you're just like swinging, right? The swing. This one is very similar to that, but it's an ultra modern version of it. And it shoots like a half a mile into the sky, apparently. And then it starts swinging you around and tilting you all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Not likely I'll be on that thing. But it's going to be cool to see all the things that are around it. But... I'm very excited to do that. I've spent a couple of days in Orlando. Why the F not? Um, all right. So all right, we talked about Carnival. We talked about uh, some of the catching you up with the other stuff. So I wanted to touch on world cruising. World cruising to me is one of the more fascinating aspects of any type of travel. Now, clearly, I was talking. We were at my friend Brian's. He had a little barbecue uh cookout that was kind of awkward he had a going away cookout for me uh on sunday so had to go he's oh man he's got an electrical company so he's doing pretty well he's got the toys ladies and gentlemen he's got the toys he's got the boat he's got a couple of trucks and in the back he set up my dream now it hasn't been lately but my dream for a long time and it's a bad dream to have when you're living in queens and new york city for five years (laughs) 10 years uh to want to to aspire to be a barbecue pit master and he is able to do that he's in florida he's got his he's got a house for the backyard so he can buy a smoker i i tried i really guys if you would let you want to laugh your ass off i bought a master build smoker from home depot and yes I brought it to my balcony. Now, you're not allowed to grill on a balcony. There's no, you can't do anything on a balcony in New York City. Uh, I bought a master build with with charcoal. Charcoal. (laughs) And, And wood pellets. And I put them on my balcony in my building. That's not this massive skyscraper building where you can maybe hide it. There's about seven units in my building. I'm facing the street, and I got to give him credit. You know what I mean? And nobody really bothered me. The, the smoke billowed upstairs for about six hours 
before the neighbor came down, I was like, hey, what are we doing? Can, can we? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I probably pushed that a little too far. <laughs> I have a full-on smoker on my balcony in Queens. And, um, yeah, so then I put it out. And then I took what well, it was fine then anyway because I was doing a, uh, a, a, what do you call it, a Boston butt. And, you know, the smoke only affects, you know, after about four or five hours in, You've smoked it all you can smoke it, so that's it. So you can put it in the oven after that on a very low because the, the you know you want to get you want to you want to kiss you want to get that smoke ring, and you want to kiss the meat with a nice layer of smoke. And if you do that for a good few hours, that's all you need. You know what I mean? The rest of it is just cooking process and, and breaking down the meat and making it tender, which you can finish in the oven. You know, will a will a traditional pit master tell you that's what you should do? No, of course not. They won't sign off on that, but. You work with what you got. All right. So world cruising. There was a tangent right there. Pretty good one. This might be a podcast of tangents. Not, not going to full disclosure. But uh, so world cruising. Just very, very interesting to me. You know what I mean? And I was, okay, rounded out. I know, where I, I know how I got there. My friend Brian cooked for us. And it was kind of awkward too because while I'm, on, while I'm at this going away party for myself, I am going back and forth with ownership as to the fine details. And yes, there were moments of contention in where I was absolutely sure this deal was falling through. So I am negotiating uh, at my own going away party where I am probably going to stay in Florida. <laughs> so that's what happened there. But he had uh, one of the girls that was there. He, he, she, she was talking about cruising. My friend, bring, if I'm around, people bring up cruising. It's like when something big happens in cruising, it is funny. I will say this to everybody that's listening that's my friend. Uh, you don't have to email me when something crazy comes out with cruising. There is a very, very good chance that, you know, I've been seeing it for hours. And, you know, so I, I don't mind it. You know, it's nice. I'm glad you think of me. You know, when a cruise ship goes, I do. I, I have achieved that to all whatever my circle of close friends and my uh, casual friends as well. I believe that there is nothing that will ever happen in the cruise industry where they're not warmly reminded of me. <laughs> so that's cool, I guess. But, you know, she was saying, one of the girls, they were saying, oh, I took a cruise. Yeah, you know, I I think she didn't want to necessarily insult me. She's like, I did it. It was seven days, maybe next time four, maybe next time four days. But it was okay. So <laughs> that was her way of saying, yeah, seven days on a boat. Uh, not really for me. However, having said that, transitioning into what we're talking about here world cruising okay now world cruising can be a bunch of different things world cruising can be like a 40-day cruise you know what i mean i would say the minimum were to be able to i think you're even pushing it but to call something a world cruise it's got to be 35 days right 30 35 days you can cover some really good ground you know a partial world cruise uh but we're going to talk about a couple of cruises that are over 100 days. And again, I wonder how you feel about it. I wonder, out of all the listeners that listen to this show, maybe I'll start a poll, okay? And it's a simple poll. You know what I hate about starting polls, okay? This is what I hate about starting polls on Facebook. Such a valuable tool and a useful tool. You put a poll in, and you're trying to figure out a very specific answer to a very specific question that's the purpose purpose of a poll right then you get people and no offense to if you do this i know you don't mean any harm by it you know what I mean? it's only good fun but people add to the poll they add a question 
you know? All right, for example, what is your favorite day to embark on a cruise? Do you like sailing away on Friday to introduce the weekend or Monday to get the week started on your cruise? You want to know the difference. You want to know which of those people prefer, and you will guarantee, you will be guaranteed to get somebody to write in something like, Option C, you love cruising so much, you don't care when you leave. That's not what I'm asking. Okay? We all know we love cruising. Stop adding to the polls. Okay, people? Public service announcement. If any creator or group host or anybody for that matter creates a poll in Facebook, leave the poll as be. Leave the poll as is. If you have a variation to it, put it in the comments, dare I say. But yes, I'll create a poll on Facebook. I'll do it in real time. So when you see this, you're going to see this right now. Know that I was uh, recording this when I did it. All right, let's go. It's always tough trying to find my group. But yeah, world cruising to me is a bit of a polarizing topic. And uh, a lot of people love world cruising. Mm, I would say more people tend to say it's a little bit much for me. I absolutely would I love world cruising? Would I love world cruising? I could tell you that I don't know. I could tell you enough to know that I do not know. But I do know that I would 100% give it a try. Hey, Tommy, we have this world cruise. You can get a really good deal on it. You know, let's just take that away. If money was no issue. If money wasn't the issue and timing off of work wasn't the issue, um, would you? would you enjoy trying a world cruise so let's do this is an experiment because this post this is great this post is going to be out way before this podcast is out so let's see if somebody tries to add to my poll if they do we're going to make fun of them. <laughs> Sorry, no offense. And hopefully maybe they won't. Okay, so the so how do I do the poll? I don't really do polls too often. Would you enjoy trying a world cruise for over 75 days? Let's do that. And I'll just be witty with my count me in. Option two, no thanks, too long. All right, so I have two options up there. I've already said it. Those people who freaking add to the polls are a pain in the ass. I'm going to put this in now. And when you hear it, we'll see if anybody added a third option to my poll. Uh, would you enjoy trying a world cruise for over 75 days? Boom, it is is posted let's see please don't so why does it do that why does it even allow you to add an option because it's right there i could see I'll, I'll defend somebody who does because it is tempting it's tempting to uh add the option when it's just staring you right in the face like that let's see what happens all right so let's talk about these world cruises 
They're both in 2022. Uh, where are we at here? Okay, start with Seaborn. Now, this is a que- this is a sub question about world cruising beyond just the world cruise itself. If I'm going to get on a world cruise, and it's going to be uh, let's say a over a hundred days, I don't know if I'm doing it on a yacht. I want an actual proper cruise ship that I know can handle some weather. So this one right here is from Seaborn, okay? And it is leaving, I believe, Los Angeles in January of 2022. But let's see here. We're going to go down to the big daddy of them all because the, the cool part about some of these world cruises is that you are able to mix and match. You don't necessarily always have to do the full-on 145-day cruise. You can do certain legs. Now, this cruise is, I mean, this thing's almost too much to fit on, on, one, uh, on one picture. We're talking about a 145-day world cruise. It departs Los Angeles on January 11th of 2022. Uh, it ends, so this is not a round trip. This is going to let you off in Athens, Greece on June 6th, 2022. So you're talking about spending the first half a year of 2022 at sea. Now the ocean views are all they have because it's a small ship. So you're going to have an ocean view suite on everything. And then you have a veranda suite on the rest so for an ocean view you don't have the outside uh, balcony you you would have to pay sixty six thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and that's per person that's before taxes fare includes taxes and port expenses wow well so that's an all-in number sixty six thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars for the ocean view and for a balcony, $79,999 as well. So let's view this itinerary here. And yeah, you cannot knock this. This is absolutely uh, a trip of a lifetime. So you're starting in Los Angeles, and they call that day zero. So unlike most cruise ships where they call that day one, they're calling this day zero. Let's go through it, see if, if it gets a little... Um, Monotonous, but I want to see where where, where you're going to spend day by day. It shouldn't take long. Los Angeles, California. Uh, the next day one, the very next day is Avalon, California. You guys know Avalon, that huge popular tourist destination. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. We don't lie to each other, Collins. I've never heard of Avalon, California. Apparently, it's got a pr- cruise port. But, hey, listen, it doesn't necessarily have to have the biggest cruise port because we're talking about a yacht. We got a day at sea after that. Oh, no. Four days at sea. Days two to day six are at sea. Day seven is in Hawaii. Okay. Why do you keep making me read more? Can you just list it? Uh, That is going to be Hilo, Hawaii. Hilo, Hilo. Sorry. Uh, Manel Bay, Hawaii is day eight. Honolulu is days nine and ten. So we got an overnight situation here. Day 11 is Nawalawili. Nawiliwili Karu Kar Nawiliwili Nawiliwili 
in Kaui, Hawaii. That's it. That's it for Hawaii. So you got from days 7 to day 11, you're bouncing around Hawaii, and that's a beautiful thing. Days 12 and 13, you are at sea. Uh, day, day 14, you are crossing the international date line. Hmm. Is that like the, uh, I don't know, the continental divide? I'm not sure. The the international date line. So you're changing dates, I guess. Day 15, you are going to be on Fanning Island in Kiribati. I see this is going to be rough. We can't really do this, right? Because I'll just, you know, Taborean, uh, Fanning Island. That's for one day. Uh, You're going to come across the international date line again. And you have... Day 17 is a day at sea. Day 18 is... Yeah, we're clearly not doing all this. Let's do some highlights. (laughs) You go back and forth across the date line a lot because I think you just kind of scurry around these islands. Uh, You're going to Tonga. You're going to New Zealand. You're going... You're spending a few days in New Zealand because you're going to go to Russell. You're going to go to Auckland. You're going to go to Taranga. Uh, and then you're going to go to Wellington, you're going to go to Pic- Picton, uh, New Plymouth, and of course you're going to do your Australia runs where you have your Sydney, uh, your um, Queensland, you got your uh, Ariel Beach, Townsville. The, the beauty of these cruise ship, these cruises, you know, again, I am not excited to jump on a yacht and travel around the world with it, around the world with it, a little... um. A little daunting of a task. I'd just be worried about the pirates. I'd be worried about whether the boat can handle the seas. Uh, but the advantage is, is that you can stop in a lot of these ports that regular cruise ships cannot stop in. So after your Australia run, you're going to run through in Indonesia, which sounds beautiful. Then you're going to end up in the Philippines for a few days. Then you go to Taiwan. After Taiwan, you'll hit up Japan, multiple stops in Japan. And then you will hit up South Korea, then back to Nagasaki, Japan. Uh, and then you're going to have your Chinese run. So you're going to have Shanghai. Uh, you're going to have a place I can't pronounce. You're going to have Hong Kong. Um, and then you'll end up in Vietnam. I have heard some amazing things about Vietnam and how beautiful a destination that is. Uh, you're going to scratch back, You're going to scratch the surface of China once again through Vietnam, then back to Vietnam, Da Nang, Da Nang, Vietnam, then Ho Chi Minh City, uh, Cambodia. You're going to end up in Cambodia. You're going to go to Thailand. You're going to end up in Bangkok, uh, Singapore. Be careful in Singapore. Ever see that movie, Return to Paradise? Me and the lovely Miss K watched that the other night. You can't, uh, you know, they will if you have a certain level of uh, drugs. You look like you're intending to sell. They will kill you over there. Or as per Hollywood, uh, a Hollywood, uh, <laughs> a Hollywood version. The Hollywood version of the story is that yes, uh, they will punish you with death for having uh, a lot of hash. Malaysia, you go to Malaysia, uh, back to Thailand, then you go to Sri Lanka, then you go to the Maldives. You got days at sea, days at sea. Then you end up in Egypt. You're actually on the continent of Africa. You're in Jordan. You're in uh, the Suez Canal. You transit the Suez Canal. Uh, you go to Israel in Tel Aviv. You go to uh, Greece, Mykonos in Greece. You go to Turkey. There's days at sea. You're back in Greece after Turkey to uh, Athens. 
Um, and then that's where the cruise ends. 6 a.m., June 6th, Athens, Greece, day 144. I mean, the suites look beautiful, absolutely. I'm seeing the ocean view right here. It kind of looks like a regular cruise ship suite. There's nothing overly um, over the top about it. They do have a separation, so you have the whole room. You could, you know, you have the spacious room as it is. You can divide the room with a curtain if you'd like. And both of those, you know, if you want to get a little separation, living room, bedroom type of scenario, you can do that. But this is 144 days. Maybe we go in to see the booking process. If we continue on, let's get a final price of this. I can't believe people just purchased this online like they're purchasing a uh, $400 Western Caribbean Carnival. Um guest uh, guest two guests so let's get a grand total here 145 days boom so that's it 133,998 dollars and uh what is that so does that mean what what is that what does that mean yeah, you're gonna bear with me on this one, guys. Uh, you know, it's not lost on me that this show is all over the map, but I'm gonna ask you for this one to hook me up and understand that. Yeah, sixty-six thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. That is an all-in price. That is nice to see. I don't know if this includes booze or not. Uh, included in your reservation, four thousand dollars in onboard spending money. Okay. I don't know how long you can make that last. Onboard spending money can be used towards upgraded wine packages, shore excursions, spa services, and shopping. Amounts vary and restrictions apply. Please see terms and conditions for details. Uh, I would like to know, because you do hear a lot about these, um, these types of sailings. You hear about them being all-inclusive. Of course, you're going to have free food options. There's no doubt about that. But what does this include from the standpoint of can you get free drinks? I get, yeah, I think so. Because it says upgraded wine packages. That means, or at least wine, you know, you don't have to upgrade. You have to pay for the upgrades. But standard packages might be included all right so that's the seaborne one let's look at the princess one now the princess one is a 111 day cruise okay so that is a round trip from los angeles and uh if we're going to look at this itinerary so this one's going to do 111 days you're going to have 48 ports of call and three scenic cruising not really sure what that means this is still a very see this one to me, is really cool. Uh, I like the fact. Listen, I don't know. I think this one goes a little bit more. Uh, let's not let's not speculate. So it leaves Los Angeles Wednesday, January nineteenth of twenty twenty two. You're going to be right at sea. They're not taking uh, any stops in many fake California cities that may or may not exist. Uh, you're going to do two days in Hawaii. After four days at sea, you're going to do two days in Hawaii. And then right back to sea after that. So this this crew seems to be trying to get places. Well, this makes sense, okay? Because you're talking about what are you talking about? The difference. The seaborne ship is a is a yacht. 
Princess Cruises is an actual cruise ship. So that's going to make for a more uh, more limited places you can go to and more limited in terms of uh, ports of call you could stop at. So you got two in Hawaii after four days. And I would like this a lot more too because I don't need six different stops in New Zealand. I'd like to see New Zealand. But give me tonight, give me New Zealand for a day or two, and then get me out of New Zealand. I don't need the whole New Zealand world tour. Okay, this is more what I'm talking about here. So four days at sea, two days in Hawaii. Then you got five more days at sea, which I'm perfectly fine with. We're on a cruise ship, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Then you're going to be in American Samoa, crossing this international dateline. And then you're going to be in Western Samoa. And that's three days right there. Now you're going back to sea for three days. You're going to Auckland, New Zealand. Then you're going to be at sea the next day. See, they go, they're big on New Zealand too here. New Plymouth we're going to stop at. Picture New Zealand. Christchurch, uh, which is Lyleton Lyle, in New Zealand. Then you're going back to sea. Then you're going to go to uh, Fjordland National Park. Where the hell is that? I don't know where that is. That's probably just an island in the middle of nowhere. Now you're going to do your Australian run. Sydney at sea. Burin at sea. Burnie. Burnie at sea. Uh, another place in Australia I'm not going to try to pronounce. Uh, Perth in Australia. So you're spending a good amount of time in, uh, in, in down under. And then you're going to Indonesia. A couple of days at sea. Then Singapore. Then Malaysia. Then uh, Colombo, Sri Lanka. It's a very similar run. I think you're just hitting more of the bigger stops, I guess, here. Uh, Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. Um, Dubai, you're going to Dubai. Okay, so here, now we're getting real with the with the Princess Cruise. Uh, I think this might be a little bit more of a northern run, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so three days in that Abu Dhabi, Dubai area. And then you're back at sea. And then you're going to Oman. And then you go on a Jordan. I don't know. I could sit there. I could, I could stay on the ship for Jordan. I don't know about you. Not No offense to Jordan. I don't know what goes on there. Usually, uh, I only know Jordan from the 6 o'clock news. And if, if, the, if, the, if the city of, or, the, or, the, or the, um, the, the nation of Jordan comes up, it's usually uh, surrounding some level of volatility. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Egypt, you go to the Suez Canal. Israel, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and Israel. Uh, then you go into Greece, you have your Gre- uh, uh, Crete, you have Turkey then, Mykonos, Greece, back to Greece after that, then Athens. So it's a, it's a very similar, I guess, path per se, it's just a matter of the ports. Uh, then you go into Malta, then you go into Sicily. I would definitely like to go to Sicily, get some of that food. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think Sicily, they got really good food, but also Naples. I really want to try actual Neapolitan people. Oh, um, Neapolitan people. Neapolitan pizza. Oh, but look what's next. Naples, Italy for Capri or Pompeii. Uh, then you go into Rome, Civitavecchia, favorite favorite place to say. Uh, Florence, Joe, this is a real good Italy run. Okay, so you got this off that. You didn't get this on the other cruise. On the other world cruise, you didn't get all up and down the boot like this right here. Genoa, and then you're going to Monte Carlo, and then you're going to uh, France. Not, uh, what do you call it? Le Havre? Le Havre? Le Havre? It's, no, no, you're not going there. You're going to Marseille. Uh, then you're doing Barcelona, Spain. See, this one... 
I would do this in a freaking heartbeat. Yeah, I'd be a little nervous when we're in Jordan. But other than that, yeah, I'm in. Uh, then you go into uh, Spanish Morocco, Spain. And then you go into Cadiz in Spain, a bunch of Spain. Then you go to Libsyn, Portugal. I would love to do that. Um, then you do in Morocco. You're going to hit up the Canary Islands. Then you're going to hit uh, Santa Cruz in Spain. Madeira in Portugal again. Then you have a bunch of days at sea. So you're going to cross the Atlantic. So you're crossing the Atlantic and the Pacific in this thing. Until you get to Bermuda. Okay. Bermuda. Then from Bermuda, you're going to stop in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. You do some laundry. <laughs> then you're going to go to Cartagena, Colombia. And then a full Panama Canal transit. Historic locks. Then you're going to spend some time in Costa Rica. You're going to go to Nicaragua. You're going to go to a couple of places in Mexico, which including uh, Puerto Vallarta. The other one I can't pronounce. How Toluco? How to? How Tolco, Mexico? And then back in Los Angeles. Man, I'm in for this one. Let's do this one, guys. You want to do this one? Pirates and Pier Runners 14. Let's take a look. By the way, I checked the poll. 13 people want the group cruise so far. I mean, the uh, world world cruise so far. Three people would never do it. And as of now, no additions to the poll. So good job, ladies and gentlemen. We're, four, we're 14 for 14. 14 people participated and nobody has added the third options. Okay? All right. So now let's price this out. I told you what the... Uh, the interior room is starting at $17,669 for this. Let's select the room type. We're going to go two guests. We're going to go interior. We're going bargain basement on this because who are we kidding? Uh, Princess Savers deal, $17,699. Selecting that. <laughs> interior. So many selections. Uh, choose the room location for me. They don't crush you on the taxes with this one either. So total, oh my gosh. Total price for this sailing is $38,788. They'll do a courtesy hold. So the total cost of the voyage is $35,338. Port expenses at $3,450. Now, you don't get... See, this gets exciting. So when they start asking you on the cruise, that's when it really hits me. You know what I mean? When they ask you the dining time, that's when you know it's real. I'm not booking this cruise right here. But it says, what's your dining options? You can dine between 5.30 and 10 p.m. Or uh, traditional dining. Dine at the same time, you know, with the same people each night. But they don't tell you what... Uh, and then bed configuration. Dare I say, you know, the details. When you start getting into the details, that's when you start getting pumped. All right. So total price for this is $38,788 divided by 2. So that's $19,394 per person. Now let's divide that by 111. 
It's $174 a night. So I don't know. If you don't have rent to pay for those months, and if you don't have, if you could put all your stuff aside, car insurance, you know you're not paying for food, all that type of thing. Is it the worst thing in the world? To, like, what is this really, what is this really going to cost you? You know what I'm saying? Let's think about what rent is. Let's let's imagine rent is $1,500. Okay? Times six. It's $9,000 right there. It's $9,000. Well, actually, that may not be true. How, how long is this? This cruise is goes from January. So January 19th. So you'd say February, March, April, May, February, March, April. So it's four months. So you can't go 9,000. But I'm not going to do the math, okay? What I'm saying is there's a possibility that this cruise and you just living regular life might cancel each other out. This I would do. And this I might do. <laughs> Why? How do you not do this? When you do the numbers, when you consider, listen, I'm spending minimum $500. Minimum. As of right now. Now, I could. I could spend, I don't think I can get away with spending less than $350 and $400 a month in food. Right now as it is, I probably spend $550. Let's round it out at $500 a month in food. Okay? So you add the food, you know, the booze is an issue. Yeah, you got to figure out the situation with that. But if you can get yourself working online, get yourself location independent, that's another thing we've never talked about. Is that a possibility? A cruise line is going to have to figure that, figure for that. As more people are able to work from home or work location independent. Now, I don't know. Does the cruise ship internet have the right bandwidth to be able to pull that off? Not really sure. But I can say that that is a very, very interesting scenario. With the fact that you can work from home, a lot of people are able to work from home and getting paid very, very well to work from home, are they going to just start booking cruises for months at a time? We could see that possibly happen. We could see that possibly happen. What else did we want to talk about on this show? So we talked about Carnival. We talked about the world cruises. Uh, I wanted to touch on this meeting that went down in Miami. Sorry, Patreon people. I know you've heard a little bit of this uh, being spoken about, so I won't like go crazy. And I don't know, listen, it's sort of old news now anyway. But a few days ago, uh, there was a meeting at the Port of Miami. The people involved and invited were the committee to, I guess, uh, try to facilitate the return to sailing led by a chairwoman. Don't have her name on me right now. As well as some of the dignitaries, the movers and shakers, the position of high-powered people, the high-position-powered people in the cruise industry, the biggest names out there, Arnold Donald, Frank Del Rio, Richard Fain. Uh, And again, it was just interesting to me. And recapping what I said on the Patreon, uh, we all talk about how this is a, a self-imposed deadline 
this halt on cruising is supposed to be self-imposed. When the reality is, if it's self-imposed and we're choosing to do this, why would all these dignitaries show up in Miami? Or I think a lot of them were on Zoom. So, you know, talking about Arnold Donald, CEO of Carnival Corporation, Frank Del Rio, pleading, pleading. And this was more of like, you didn't really have anybody from the CDC here. This was just like a call to arms, a show of unity, solidarity. And they just got together and just started bitching about not being able to cruise. Hold on, I thought you guys decided that you didn't think it was safe and clear. The entity that serves in your interest is the entity that decided that you were not going to cruise. Okay? Like I said, just further further evidence that this was all a scam. shouldn't say, Tommy, calm down. You're talking scam? It's not a scam. But it's a little bit of a wool being pulled over the collective eyes of the public in that we know damn well. I really did not doubt for a second that the CDC is behind this shutdown and pulling the strings the whole time. That's my opinion on it. You know what I mean? You let CLIA, you allow CLIA to save face. You do two things. CLIA gets to save face and you get to, as the CDC, you get to not look like the big bad wolf. Okay? So CLIA announces a shutdown, which is basically the entity that works for the cruise lines and works in their interest and works for the interest of the industry. But, so this is self-imposed, but then... Four of the biggest movers and shakers in cruising are going to get go get a microphone and go before a committee at the Port of Miami and beg to be allowed to be able to return to sea. So let's just dismiss that idea that the cruise lines have imposed this on themselves or CLIA is imposing this on themselves. This is the CDC, and not only uh, are they not allowed to cruise yet, you know, they're dragging their feet in terms of even coming to the table, it seems like. Now, I don't know what's going on in the back channels. Maybe they are having these conversations. But you're clearly listening to these cruise lines beg and plea to be able to put their people back to work, return the jobs, return cruising to, to, to the public, a, a, a recreational travel item that we all miss, miss so much. And, uh, yeah, so it does sound like... You know, and then the chairwoman, who was very vocal, she was more vocal than any of the, uh, you know, the CEOs or the or the the company officials. She was saying that this is ridiculous. The CDC needs to expedite this. We need to put cruising. And the cruise line talked about the cruise lines all talked about how much money they're spending on paying experts and people who, you know. They cited all the experts that they were paying to kind of go through this and assure that we can do this safely. They were citing the overseas cruising. Now, that wasn't fair as much to me because that just was happening basically yesterday. You know what I mean? The return to service of all those cruise lines, that was brand new. You know what I mean? That's You can't really, it's not like uh, Costa and MSC have been cruising around for months and we're just still dragging our feet. They just got back to work. And I think that's an advantage to us because the model's out there. You know what I mean? So that's uh, that's that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, and uh, Disney. Disney is shutting down, you know, different ships at different times. But for the most part, Disney extended a halt on a lot of their ships. And that is on some ships through mid-December. So I'm uh, interested. Oh, I did want to read which carnival uh, stoppages were taking place. So let's see what we got here. Um all right, so the Carnival Magic departures uh, from Miami are shut down 
through March 13th, 2021. This is a good news, bad news scenario. And Scott, you nailed it. You hit the nail on the head. Um, shout out to Scott. It's it's true. Like when you start seeing stuff like this, and I've been saying it all along, this is when you start to uh, realize that a return is imminent. When you start seeing the more, the more they've been so general for so long. When they start getting specific. Now, again, this could be bullshit, too, because they did get specific when they talked about the August return. Three ships out of Galveston, three out of Miami, two out of Port Canaveral, whatever they were saying. You know, you thought based on how specific they were getting, you thought that this could be real. Now, again, a couple of months later, they're getting specific again. Call me a sucker. I'll buy in. I'll believe it. But yeah, so Carnival Magic shuts down uh, departures operating from Miami through March 13th, 2021. That's a concern. Carnival Paradise departures operating from Tampa through March 19th. Carnival Valor departures operating from New Orleans through April 29th, 2021, including the transatlantic cruise from New Orleans and the return from Barcelona in February. Carnival Spirit departures from Brisbane, Australia through May 16th. The ship won't sail again till June 12th, dare I say, when it will depart in Singapore on a voyage to Brisbane. In a statement, Carnival Cruise Line President Christine Duffy said shipyard scheduling issues were a factor in the decision to put our ships on long-term hiatus. So you know what this allows them to do. This allows them to get a little specific, but it also allows these ships to go into cold layup. And that uh, uh, dramatically decreases operating expenses for these ships. Now, what I just told you, the dates that I just told you affects cancellations of more than 100 sailings. So it's a little concerning. It's a little scary. It's a double-edged sword. You know, it's a mixed bag. You're happy to hear this information. You're happy to hear a cruise line getting uh, real with you. You're happy to hear them being honest with you. And you're happy to see that there are dates that you damn well hope it's realistic. You know what I mean? If Carnival Spirit doesn't sail again by June 12th, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Carnival Spirit isn't sailing again. And despite the fact that this is all going on, hopefully that means that there are cruise ships that will be sailing on a more expedited basis. All right, let's do some emails. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show. And if that's the case, the show has no lifeblood. (laughs) Because there were no emails. Now, I worked something together. You know what I mean? I, I, I got creative with the email section this time. But yeah, I got no emails this week. And I get it. The shows are coming at you hot and heavy. Combined with the fact that there is nowhere to cruise to. Uh, I, would lo- I would love it if we can get more active. But I do understand that uh, you know writing me an email regarding an industry that is completely shut down at this time may not be uh, on, on your hot list of things to do. But if you can, it would be a huge help for me. If you can write the show an email, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. That's Tommy with a Y. More and more recently, I've been seeing people try to spell it with an IE, which uh, 
I don't get it, but hey, listen, I'm not here to judge. Uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I want you to share your experiences. I want you to ask your questions. I want you to make your corrections. I want you to give me your comments. I want you to do it all. Give me some cruise chat in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. We need it out here. I was thinking about cruising yesterday and how much I missed it. I get it. It comes in waves for me. For me. Like, I'll go on and I'll just like not be thinking about it. And then I'll just have a cruise memory. It happened last night. I was just indexing some photos. And a couple came across that, uh, as the kids say, hit different. And, uh, you know, I was just, just thinking about how, ugh, how much I miss it. And how much I miss the people that we sail with and all that stuff. But it's going to happen soon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't fret. So what I was forced to do was just look around. I was just forced to look around. So three things came from Facebook that I looked up. And, uh, you know, questions that were posed or maybe uh, surveys or whatever. And then the last one was an email that I got from the Patreon that I will read. And I normally wouldn't read a Patreon email. Take it easy. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. Patreon.com slash always be booked. $5 a month gets you an extra show. A day. It's a good little community over there. I like the way it's shaping up over at Super Cone World. Uh, also, we have the Facebook group, the Always Be Booked uh, Cruise and Travel Lounge. Definitely check that out. We also have the Instagram, Always Be Booked. We're open for travel. We're open for travel business if you want to book any of those world cruises. I got you. And uh, that's pretty much it. YouTube. Check out Always Be Booked on YouTube. Please, if you don't mind, find the video, When Will We Cruise Again? Or We Will Cruise Again, whatever it's called. It's my most recent video. And share the thing, okay? It's an inspiration. It's inspirational tale. <laughs> Watch it again. Get, give me those views. Come out. And then, uh, by the way, yeah, Beatrix is breaking my chops, and she's right to do so. I want to do this Key West video. I'm excited to do a little, you know, whether it's a 7 to 13-minute video on my experience in Key West with Beatrix and uh, the do's and don'ts and the good and the bad and all that stuff with Key West. You know, narrated format, some highlights, video, some slideshow images, moving, using PowerDirector on my amateur basis. But I want to do that. I want to put that together. But right now, I'm not going to. It's not happening in the next 48 hours. I can tell you that. All right, let's do it. Emails. Now, Kara, shout out to Kara of Kara and Scott Stevenson. Um, she posted a poll. They're not a poll, a question. Like, uh, just a fun scenario. And I'm going to read it. And I didn't even read through the whole thing yet. I saw it. I glanced at it. I saw people commenting on it. And I do know, if I'm not mistaken, it's just basically if you can cruise anywhere, regardless of port, right? I think that. Let's read it, though. Fun question for y'all. I want your dream cruise itinerary, but here's the catch. You can add places without ports. So where your dream cruise so where your dream cruise can go anywhere in the world. Where are you going? Okay, so you're on a ship, if I'm not mistaken. You're on a ship. It's a cruise ship. It's a beautiful cruise ship. You paid for it. But you can choose your itinerary. And let's say three or four ports are called just to keep it a regular length. Let's say geography is not included. Where would you take this cruise ship? It's a good question. It's a great question. Let me think. I would, if I can get anywhere on a cruise ship, it doesn't matter where you are. Siberia, Russia you, is on the table. I would take this cruise ship 
I would go to Italy. You know what I mean? I guess, you know, just for the food and the culture, you know. I am half Irish, half Italian, so I don't have this, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people, a lot of Italian people in, in the States have this desire to get back to the mother country. I don't have that in me, per se. As far I would just like to see it, like, as far as just any other real cool destination, real cool port of call to see the culture, observe it. Not because I feel like I have any connection to it, but just to be able to eat the authentic Italian food that we've turned it into, whatever we've turned it into here. Uh, I would like to have the original version. So I would say one would be Naples, Italy. Okay. I would like to cruise to Nashville. <laughs> I would like a big giant cruise ship to pull up in Nashville, Tennessee. That would be another place I would absolutely love to go. Uh, I would love to go to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Now, most of these, not Nashville, but some of these you can cruise to. But I'm just thinking some of the destinations that I would want to go. I'm not disqualifying it if you can cruise to it. I don't know if I'm playing the game right or not. But I'm not disqualifying the destination if you are, in fact, able to cruise to it. Buenos Aires, Argentina, I would absolutely love to go to. Don't know why. I just feel like something's drawing me to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Where else? Uh, Australia, I could take or leave. I get it. Kangaroos, shrimp on the barbie, outback. Not the restaurant, the uh, the outback. Um, that uh, Asia, I don't need to be in Asia. Look at me. Do I need to be in Asia? I don't. Sorry. I guess Paris, you got to do Paris. I despise everything I hear coming out of Paris about, you know, if you don't, if you're not fluent in French, they're going to smack you in the, in, the, in the face with a croissant. But I guess you got to see the Eiffel Tower. You got to deal with the pretentiousness of the culture at least once in your life, maybe. <laughs> yeah, France, I would check out France. Ireland, ah. I don't know. Ireland seems extra for me. Like, if you're not if you're not double fisting pints of Guinness, you, is there a place for you in Ireland? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's a good question, Kara. I'm thinking. So, what do we got now? We got Nashville. We have uh, Paris. We have Italy. We have Buenos Aires. I think I'll leave it there. I think I'll leave it there. Um, Peru, Lima, Peru. I would like to go to the west coast of South America. Maybe hit up Lima, Peru. Lima, Peru. <laughs> what do you guys think? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or just answer. Kara put this in the Facebook group, the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Go check out that post and let her know and let us know where you'd like to go if you could go anywhere regardless of whether it has a cruise port or not all right transitioning from scott to cara uh i would like to say that uh 50 of the emails for this week's show are constructed and composed from the same house 
Uh, unpopular opinion. Cruise lines should cancel all sailings as originally sold for November and December. And then once a decision is made about what ships will be sailing for sure and what ports will be visited for sure, then sell those cruises. Reasoning. Itineraries will not be as they are for now, November and December. Ships will not be as they are for now, November December. And capacity will be reduced. So you're just not going to be going. Uh, So you're going to piss off certain groups by canceling their sailings. So So cancel everyone and start from scratch. Just schedule. Just schedules and dates will be different, plus new protocols and agreements should have to be disclosed to the customer and agreed to by the customer at the time of purchase of the cruise. Would also create a lot of legal protection for the cruise lines by doing this. So I agree with this. The first thing, Scott, is the issue is they're not going to do that because they don't want to have to refund everybody. To cancel all sailings through December is to have to give everybody their money back. And the cruise lines have absolutely no interest in doing that. In fact, if they could take more of your money, they would do that. They're still selling uh, I, uh, shore excursions. People are buying faster to the fun on sailings that are just going to be faster to the cancellation line. These cruises are not happening. But they're still taking reservations. They're getting your shore excursions. They're getting drink packages sold on cruises they know damn well aren't going out there for one simple reason, Scott, and that reason is cash. The other thing you bring up is smart. I agree with that. So like, let's just say they don't cancel the sailing and you are able to sail, but you book this cruise under a certain set of circumstances in which you're expecting a regular cruise experience. That regular cruise experience for the time being is no more. Totally get that. And now you got to go on this cruise that you thought was going to be this carefree journey. And now you got to wear a mask. Now you got to socially distance. Now you got to, uh, you know, cruise on a ship that's at half capacity. Maybe you like cruise ships because they're at full capacity because you love the interaction and you love the energy. Not a lot of people. I can tell you I do. I don't want a half empty ship. I know a lot of people do. I don't. That's half the amount of uh, targets out there. That's half the amount of pockets. Who wants that? A lot of people, just not me. Uh, but yeah, I could see people complaining about that. I could see people, you know, I when I when I said I was going to cruise, I, I told you I wanted to cruise. I gave you my money to cruise. That didn't necessarily come with you ramming a Q-tip up my nose. Now, I get it. Protocols. But I should be able to. I should be able to not have to deal with that if I didn't want to deal with that. I didn't book the cruise under those under those conditions. So I get what you're saying, Scott, and that could open up to some legalities. You know what I mean? And the risk involved too. If you're 85 years old, you were ready to go on this cruise. Now there's something out there that can possibly kill you. That's killed a lot of people on cruise ships, and you may not want to do it anymore. You should be able to get a refund. All that stuff. Scott, you bring up some really good points. Um, number four, All right, we're going to do the three of them. We're just going to do three of them. Now, this is from Chris. Now, I know I got another um, another email, a longer one. I'm going to read some of the more intricate ones in, uh, the, in, the, in, the, in the loft. So I did a show on 9-11, uh, Patreon on 9-11. 
And on that show, I kind of poured my heart out. I don't know if it was entertaining to a lot of people. I don't know if it was thought-provoking. I don't know if it it, it 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 held weight to a lot of people. But I think I just I, what I did was give my experience in New York City and my connection to those buildings and my connection to uh, just New York City as a whole and really kind of really got to a place where I, I just tried to talk as raw and as emotionally as possible about how I felt feel every September 11th every year and it takes me back to you know that day I wasn't in New York City when that happened but there is an undeniable connection I have with those buildings and I kind of laid it out uh, so I'm going to read this one email from Chris and I just said to you what I just said to you basically as a setup Tommy I wanted you to know how much I appreciated your September 11th episode I truly enjoy how you share your life adventures and thoughts on a regular basis, but today was particularly special. I believe it's important to keep the memory of that day alive and sharing of personal memories, I believe, is the most compelling way to do so. As a young police officer working in Lower Manhattan on that beautiful crisp blue morning, it felt as if all was right in the world. Then tragically, the unthinkable happened, and in an instant, friends colleagues and hardworking people from uh, around the world were gone forever for weeks and months it felt nothing I, as if i'm sorry for weeks and months it felt as if nothing would ever get better however slowly over time we found the new normal i have never while i never and will never forget life f- for me eventually did carry on albeit with a heavy heart perhaps we can use the knowledge we gained from living through that pivotal time in history and apply it to the world we live in now. But I believe we will not only get through this pivotal time in history, but we will be better for it. Tommy, thanks for supplying us with great content and the best of luck on your move back to Long Island. Thanks, Chris. Chris, I really, really appreciate that that email and you know me kind of waxing poetically for an hour about my personal experience my 9-11 experience my new york city experience i'm gonna go ahead and defer it and say that it doesn't compare to yours okay you were a police officer in lower manhattan you uh probably had a perspective on that day that few people you know what I mean? Obviously, the people who lost family members is one thing. But from the standpoint of a police officer, first responder type of scenario in that situation, man, it's humbling to actually get an email from you. And I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with me. And uh, all I can do is offer my condolences because, like you said, it does get better. It does go back to normal, but it never fully goes away. When uh, you know you lose people that you've lost, some some close friends and colleagues, and uh, I don't know what it was. Was it like a total of three, between three and four hundred people that had to run into that building, knowing that you know it didn't matter. Your chances of coming out, you know, maybe you could, maybe there was a chance that the fire would have been put out and you would have been, been, but you had to think that there was a chance that those buildings were going to come down with you in it. And when you're running up 60, 70, 80 floors. With each step, you're getting closer and further away from home and further away from your chances of ever coming out of those buildings. And they did that knowing that that was the case. So for that reason, my respect for you and what you do and your colleagues who paid that ultimate sacrifice 
my respect is limitless. It's undying. It's forever. And, uh, you know, we all, I guess we all have to kind of wonder what we would do in those types of situations. And, you know, a lot of times I think we won't know until we're faced with them. But for those people who did lose lose their lives and for you and all your friends who did their part in responding, we don't have to wonder. We know. You guys have walked the walk. And for that, we thank you. And for that, and on that note, I guess it's a good time to end the show. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. Again, this was a ragtag show. I do agree and admit to that. I'm going to run out and try to catch some, buy a car. I'll let you know. You'll see it in the lounge. Although, by the time, uh, if that happens on this run, that will have happened before you even um, hear this. But yeah, sometime early this evening, this will come out. But other than that, I appreciate it. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine-nine tree. And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot. And I know this is the place for me. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away. I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Put me down, and when I fall on my stool Put me down, I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies, and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the So get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from